and welcome to the next edition of Keen Minds, where we're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 5, Episode episode 17. And is Ana Gracia Duarte, because my f- Texans friend here cannot pronounce a name in Spanish. And since we're going about Texas, let's get something <laughs> off the plate at the first thing that we're going to talk about, because Jen is pissed. I feel really called out right now, Tessa. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. Okay. I won. For, for for the first thing, I will admit, because we were discussing this before we started recording. It's I not a, her forte. I, languages are not my forte, and Spanish is a beautiful language, and I asked Tessa, because Spanish is her first language, I said, can you please pronounce the name for me, because I don't want to butcher this gorgeous name that they gave this girl. I guess well, it's actually gave Portuguese. gave a nice segue into she, the... Very proper of the Texas thing. Oh, it is. Because you got a Texas thing. Yeah, I do have a Texas thing. She's trying to. You got a Texas thing. And I tell you what, I think you're right. Yay! I'm right for once. <laughs> um, okay, so it's it's funny. The roomie and I, uh, I am a native Texan, and the roomie got here fairly early on in life. And so we're, we're both pretty staunch, staunch Texans. Um,. And so we're watching it, and Red walks into the neo-Nazi bar, and the first thing I see is the Gonzalez flag. A Gonzalez flag is out of the Texas Revolution. It's the one that says, come and take it, and it's, it's got the big cannon on it. And, um, and so that's, that's straight out of the Texas Revolution. You know, we, we fought for our independence. For anybody that doesn't know, we were actually our own country for a very brief amount of time. And um, anyway, so it was out of the Texas Revolution. And it's sitting there, and I'm, I'm sitting there yelling at the TV, get, get our Texan flag out of your neo-Nazi <laughs> bar. And, and then it turns around, and I see the Gadsden, which is the big yellow flag with the snake that says, don't tread on me which is the American Revolution flag that was a former Marines flag. They may still fly it with the Marines, I'm not certain. But I do know that it came out of the American Revolution and was flown. Uh, for anybody that, that saw Ryan uh, Eggold's Sons of Liberty that was on the History Channel a few years ago, you see him carrying it up on Bunker Hill. It's the Gadsden flag. Uh, that's what that is. And also, not a Nazi flag not a racist flag, it's a piece of history. And the history nerd in me was very angry right there. And so, yeah, that's that was the rant I was on and segueing from Texas into get my Texas history flag out of your bar. That's my rant. And I thought it was very valid. That was fun with flags with Jan. <laughs> I am now Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In so many ways. Well, it wasn't fun with flags. It was more, I'm angry about the flags with Jen. (laughs) Rant with flags with Jen. (laughs) So, you know, and since we are ranting, um, let's go into uh, the Blacklister. Did you like her? I did. This is in... Okay, I've been very... Just say Anna Gracia. You can say Anna Gracia, right? Oh, I love Anna Gracia, yeah. She was fantastic. And actually, uh, that's that's actually Portuguese. She was out of Brazil, I mm-hmm. believe. And yes. so that's Portuguese, not Spanish. So mm-hmm. apologies. Um, but I loved her. Um, I, I sat there and I, I caught the music the, the second round uh, when I'm trying to remember what was uh, started with an A, the, the first girl, the first teen. Oh. One Ava, so, but it was something very close to that. Um, Reva? 
Riva. There we go. It was with an R. Um, but uh, she was sitting there, and the the lyrics that were playing were talking about marrying young, and it just didn't click with me because the man walks in; he's old enough to be her father, so you make that assumption. I mean, because my mind doesn't go to child brides; it's not something that is broadcasted here in America. But it, I loved. I I've been bored with a lot of the blacklisters recently I guess not not as they just haven't been my thing and and I've mentioned before that I'm much more character driven so the blacklister of the week is kind of in the background for me anyway mm-hmm. she was one of my favorite parts of this if they had tried her as an adult I would have written a very staunchly worded <laughs> note to the writers on that <laughs> I loved her and I loved what they did with it I loved that the spotlight that they put on this because it is a serious issue and it's a serious issue that that needs to be brought out and I loved that they did it and I was I, I loved how they handled it and I feel like I, I've done so much grumbling recently about how they're handling certain things because they the blacklist is always handled very very hard issues very current and very yeah, difficult Yeah, they don't, they don't squirm from going into uncomfortable positions. And, and sometimes I agree with their stances, sometimes I don't. This one I was very in line with. And so I very much, very much liked the Blacklister. I thought she was fantastic. And the actress was great. Yeah, I, I really like uh, the Blacklister. I like all the... Uh, the brides. I remember when she first. I did notice the song, and and I thought, oh, it's a father. And as soon as he got near her, I started getting these weird vibes. Um, and then the second one, I was like, I for sure. The second she arrived in the home, like you know, flag. Well, red flags are just flying everywhere. Well, see, I mean, I didn't, and I think my mind just doesn't go to that at all. I it just doesn't. That's it was such when he started on the second guy when he started kissing on her and such. On my rewatch, I had to fast forward. I couldn't do it. It just made me sick to my stomach, and I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of sorry he didn't go. <laughs> By kind of, I mean completely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was one like the an opportunity to let the guy do whatever he wanted to do. Like, you want to finish this one, it and just, and I'll and I'll catch yeah. up with you later. Yeah, it just like just go to the to the station and yeah, kind of like yeah, uh, it was really really uncomfy. Yeah, um, but it, I loved Samar's comment at the end. I actually made a note on it. it said uh, the lawyers are going to make her a poster child to stop forced marriages for minors, a martyr for the cause of ending the most widespread sanctioned abuse of women in the world today. And you want to be the man fighting her. And I was yeah. just like, I love you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a very impressive uh, because it's one. The uh, funny is that that has been on the New York Times. Uh, for a bit now, they've they've done a series on it, and um, I I thought at first they it, it could not possibly have been the United States, but it, it is, and that's what and they me are. The issue is true. Mo- most of my reading with it has been in the Middle East, where it's still very in places in the Middle East. It's culturally and kind of like the the guy at the beginning said, you know, in our culture, this is accepted. And uh, one of my favorite, there's a writer that is out of 
I believe Somalia originally. She was all over the place as a kid, ended up in Holland, uh, the Netherlands, and then is now stateside. Ayan Siriali, I believe is how you pronounce her name. And just reading about her childhood in Somalia and in surrounding countries and and how she was treated as a child, it's it's a the the treatment of young girls around the world is something that's very near and dear to my heart. And I, I keep politics out of fandom. It's just a general mm-hmm. thing. But I feel like that's that's a humanitarian thing. That's, you know, it's a as, child. A child I, is a child is a child. Yeah, as, as you know, any any feminist should be upset by this. Any human any human woman. any human should any be human. upset by this. And it just it was I think that they handled it very well. I mean I as uncomfortable as the scene made me with the guy kissing all over her, I understood why they put it in there. It was to pack the punch of how bad the situation is. Because even even if they weren't technically being raped they were being forced into the, you know, legally. Sorry, you guys can't see the air quotes that are going on here. Mm. They were being forced into this situation by parents who had control over them because they were minors, being forced in, encouraged to being married. You, you have no idea if they were told that they would end up on the streets, that they'd be kicked out. What, what would happen if they went against their parents? Or maybe they were just so abused by the parents that they didn't think they had a choice. Forced into a marriage, and then with people that were two, three, four times their age, and then we ha- we heard Ana Garcia's or and uh, blah, blah, blah. Ana Garcia's Ana Gracia Gracia. Okay, I'll get it. I will. I promise. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we we heard Ana Gracia's story about the fact that she was raped, and when she did the quote-unquote right thing and went to, to the authorities and said, this is what happened to me, suddenly she became the bad guy. And I know there mm-hmm. are certain parts of the world where you have to have so many men to say that you were raped before you can legally be—it can legally be defined as rape. Yep. It's just a horrifying thought, and yeah. I thought that they went about it very well. Sorry, I, like I, I give so few props this season that I feel like that one needs to give major. Props yeah, it was to. it was very, very well written because the 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 blacklister didn't get scot free, which you know had it been red, she would have said, "Excuse me, honey, uh, may I have the gun and kill the guy himself?" <laughs> um, but this was, you know, she would go to jail, she would be tried, and she would become probably the poster child in the in the banner and of 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 a movement to put an end to that kind of stuff. And at twenty one, she could get out of jail, and she could use it as an adult with with therapy the, uh, and the a, power of that. Yeah. The power exactly. of that to end to do what she was doing in a legal way. Exactly. And I I loved that. And the Rumi and I are sitting there watching this going we are going to revolt if this kid is tried as an adult at 17 for what she's done. We are going to revolt. <laughs> yeah. Well, this I thought it was very well handled and the the blacklister as opposed to some of the other blacklisters like um uh, like uh, Patty Sue Edwards, that you know d- didn't quite come on as a sympathetic. I don't think that she was supposed to be sympathetic. I think she was. Um, we- we've talked about I- I don't this. Think, I, think I don't she think she was. It was like she. There was something very um, um, off-putting about her. But I found this blacklisters, you know, and 
part of the issue is that these blacklisters were children. Yeah. They were not adults, uh, whether Patty Sue was an adult and a very capable woman. Oh. So th- that, that and the way she went about things wasn't exactly the, the best thing. It's like, I didn't intend you to get sick. Well, you don't know. A lot of people could have died because if you have an immune compromised system, uh, if you're it's a child, if you're an older person. Yeah, exactly. Like you said that you could, you could get killed. So this is not, this is not the same situation. I love that the blacklister. Um, I, I love and Samar. I thought the actress did very well. She was great. I love Samar's statement at the end. She said, "We're going to do for you what no what people have not done for you in a long time. We're going to treat you as a child." And w- when the girl walked out and said, "You know, oh, you think I'm a kid? I'm 17." My roommate just she goes, "Oh my god," you know, and just kind of rolled her eyes. But and in her it, in her world, that that was adult exactly. And as the story started unfolding, we both went. Oh my gosh, that was, it was, you know, as much as I've complained about the writing, and I still have some very serious issues with the writing right now, which we will go into with your rant, um, <laughs> but um, I, that, that whole unfolding of that, um, I don't remember who the writers were on that, but kudos, kudos. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I love the black lizard. And see, this is what I, what I've been going about all this late uh, of the season five episode, especially after five oh nine, is that the episodes themselves are great. I I don't, I haven't had an issue with a badly written episode. Me personally, I haven't had an issue. The the, the episodes are all good, but they all leave me like, and. Well, we've gone back to very procedural styled episodes in which, yes, there's an ongoing story, but no more than something like Criminal Minds would have had, in which you have the characters' ongoing stories, but there's not... The the difference, the thing that made Blacklist so great was that you had this overarching mythology that was the mystery behind it all, and... I think that they've gotten so bogged down. I don't know if they've just got it, gotten extended beyond their story or or what the situation is. I, I do, and we've spoken about it before, that I heard an interview one time with Camp where he talked about that this was one of his first series that he's done. And he when he first pitched it, they were like, don't tell us the ending. You need to be able to keep this going as long as you can. And I feel like he hasn't been able to. He hasn't found that balance. But the thing is, he's got an entire writing team. I don't know if he's not delegating or what the situation is, but he's got a writing team that should be going, hang on, man. These should not just be filler episodes. We need to be adding a little bit here and there and giving some emotional payoff to these people that have stuck with us since frickin' season one. All we've got are these empty episodes that are you're here for... 45 minutes, 50 minutes, and then, okay, we're done. Yeah, that's procedural. Yeah. We're not here for that. It, it is, um, th- there is, a, there is a difference, a fundamental difference between a parallel and a canon fact. Mm-hmm. Very true. And the, the canon fact, it, it's unassailable. It's what it is. I mean, if Red says that he went into the academy uh, in when he was 17, 
that can all be interpreted when he was 18, 19, 21. It's a lie. He's just saying that. You can not believe anything that Red says, or you can say, oh, okay, so now I know he graduated in 1981. That's a fact. A parallel is, it's it's a parallel. It can be interpreted in many ways. I can say, well, I can, I can see that Liz was in a coma for 10 months, and I think Red was in some sort of facility, medically induced coma, or something that he couldn't get out after the fire for a number of months. I could see that, but it's, but it's not a fact. Nobody's saying, Red even saying, I know exactly what you went through, or, you know, or, or a little story, a little Red story for, uh, I don't know, um, when he was there, even even that one that he gave in the in the Kilgannon Corporation, like, you know, Denver doesn't stay here because he sees me as a man. Um, I, I, because I save his life because he wants to save my soul. So that that's a piece that is it's backstory. It's it, it's emotionally it links you emotionally to that episode and it creates something of of a canon fact, even if it's and, and not too relevant canon fact. They think it is, but it's not. It, it's not like a huge reveal, like the name of your mother or your mother was a KGB agent. It goes back to weaving things in. And that's where mm-hmm. I've, that, that's been my mantra this entire season is that they've just had trouble weaving things in. And I don't know why. I don't know if they, lo- I know they lost a lot of writers. Maybe they had one in there that was just the king or queen of weaving things in and here she's gone now. I don't know. I, I wish I was a fly on the wall on their writing. Writing room, because I I have one of the reasons I'm so freakishly bitter over this. And one is the fact that I never thought I would be bitter over the blacklist. (laughs) But the second is that... Jen is bitter for being bitter. Yeah, Jen is very bitter about being bitter. (laughs) This is is such a great (laughs) statement. Yes. (laughs) It needs to be my tagline. Oh, my God. Um, But I, I just... I, they they were so freaking good. It's it's not. This isn't Once Upon a Time where they had one good season and then halfway through two it started dying and then by three they didn't know which way was up. You know, this is the blacklist. It's almost like is, they've gone in a different. It. It's almost like they went from that little weaving thing into. Uh, what I call the uh, the the little angel that controls the weather that has gone in over the last few years. Oh, it's supposed to be rain. Oh, damn, I was supposed to have rain here. Okay, twenty five inches of rain in a day. Okay, I'm good. Texas spring. Statistics look good. <laughs> yeah, statistics look good. It was only a day, and it causes flood, but it's good. That is exactly it's like, it. It's either a flood. Like five, four, eight. That was like you know you got backs, you got uh, back flashbacks to to the wedding, to the two times where Tom talks to the major. You learned that Red was in there. It was this, and Demba says that he's lying to Red and Liz, to, to Tom and Liz. It's like all this flawed, and then dry up. Exactly. And they started doing that a little bit in season in season three was was very sparse, but not as sparse. And they kind of like put them a little bit here, a little bit there. This has been um, 
there's like nothing in parallels everywhere. Like there are like 15 parallels in one episode, but no facts, not even a little reminiscence of something, not even to red Dembe saying to, to red, you know, you should finish your mission or what are you doing? What nothing, nothing, nothing that, I mean, no, I'm right yeah. there with you. I I am right there with you. It's frustrating. It's 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 just so frustrating as a viewer that's put so much time into this show. It's like they just but, don't but care gonna, anymore. But wait, wait, wait. Because this is where the things get to me puzzling as hell. It is because my, I got, you know, I got a few people that I, that I'm friends with their family and they're very different from me. People, if people haven't seen my family, my, my sister, they would not even know that she's my sister. So the funny thing about this is they're my sister and me, we're very different. Uh, and she's one of my, my casual viewers. I mean, they watch it not every week on time. They watch every week, but not necessarily on the day. Um... And she just calls me, says, I'm loving this season. This is the best season ever. Um, and funnily enough, she actually even says, and I know, I think I know why Red wants that, wants to kill um, uh, Garvey. I think that he, uh, he knows that, that Tom is alive, but he can't bring him back until he kills Garvey. Okay, so the casual viewer is sitting over there, and, and I've been saying this for a while, and this has been a continuous thing that's been popping up online, wondering if the casual viewer, if this is what's going on. I've talked to several people about it. It's it's one of the things that's made me just boiling angry at, at the Blacklist recently, is the fact that the casual viewer has no idea that Ryan's taken on a new job, and the fact that he is... They're not reading the interviews that says he's taken on the lead role in another show, in an NBC show. They're not reading these things for the most part. And and I base casual viewers, my parents don't actually watch The Blacklist, but I base casual viewing off of what they would know and what they wouldn't know about a show. And they don't read interviews, they don't watch clips, they're lucky if they know the actor's name. Um, And so that, that's kind of what I base view you know viewership off of um and or casual casual viewership off of and so well you have the fandom over here who's been looking at and going oh wait ryan's in japan why is ryan you know promoting in japan when tom is dead and all these little things that are stoking the fire of well maybe these are signs maybe tom's coming back well that would make this storyline make sense well, maybe the writers are not so, as far so gone as we thought. So basically, what you're saying is that the basic they're banking on on the casual viewer thinking that Ryan is going to. Sometimes exactly. the rants are, are more understandable when the non-ranting um, yes. par, 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 cast partner they, says it. They are banking right now on the casual viewer assuming Tom is coming back. Tom Keen is dead and six feet in the ground, and he is still driving this show right now. Apparently, whatever is in that box of bones or bag of bones that they've got right now is not entertaining enough to keep people on. And so to get a season six, they had to kill Tom off and make people think he's coming back when he's really not. 
Well, and that makes me angry. <laughs> well, 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 wait, wait. I, I don't know that Tommy's not coming back. He's not I would say back. probably he... 95% he's not. Are you kidding? But... He's taken the lead on another show. Did you hear how he talked about redemption? How exhausting it was? How how he understood? The man has a plenty of energy. Besides, he does, I mean, but that doesn't he... mean he's coming back to Blacklist. Wait, 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 wait. But hear me out. Because Tom knows the entire secret... Or most of it, Tom wouldn't be able to come back until the end. He wasn't able to be shown up until two to three episodes till the end. But if they did that, well, one, they need to have the bag of bones revealed long before that. If they don't have the bag of bones revealed by the end of the season, I'm you're gonna hear me. Exactly, but wait a minute. Just because we know who that just because Liz finds A the bones or B the identity doesn't mean that she knows what Tom knows because t- she found what Tom knows. Tom found what he knew by reading the DNA report. That's true. And the cutest match. But the and if Liz, Liz can get the either the bones or the identity without having all those. But the thing is, from a writing standpoint, if you just bring him back and surprise, he's been on a boat somewhere or... Like, like you see, if anybody is, uh, by, by the way, I'm writing an AU. Um, if anybody's reading uh, Breathe Again Beneath the Flames, you see that, that Howard has gone through, and it would obviously be Scotty and Cannon because of their butchering of the end of Redemption. But, you know, it, you know, if the Hargraves were hiding Tom away, have saved his life and hiding him away, or Red is, or any number of people are hiding him away and have saved his life. Even if that were the case, if he just popped up on the last episode and surprise, Tom's alive, Liz gets her happy ending, that is far too easy and so unfulfilling. And as much as I would love Tom Keen to be alive, I prefer good writing to that. That's just well, crap writing. <laughs> but but wait, I could think of several ways to bring it about, and I'm not going to go into it because it's a waste of time. It's always wild speculation. All right, let's, you know, Blacklist was fantastic. Moving on from, from Ana Garcia. I, I do have another mm-hmm. little that we're going into. When we go into, into Garvey, I'll go into my second rant because I do have rants today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm full up of them. I told a friend. I, I told uh, Kristen. Uh, Kristen twenty three. Is that her? Um, I told Chris over on on Tumblr. I said I'm just gonna snark the entire podcast tonight. <laughs> uh, let's let's move into Saram because Saram was happy. Saram was sweet. I will. Well, you talk about Saram. I'll talk about Samara and Aram. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I will say that nobody on the task force is ever allowed to give a ROM relationship advice ever again. <laughs> because you had Ress going, you know, you've been with her over a year. If you hand her a piece of jewelry, she's going to think you're, you're, uh, you're proposing. And Liz going, well, she knows already. And so if she doesn't react, she obviously never wants to marry you. And I'm going, listen, honey, just because you knew Tom was the one when you sat down at a table with him and he smiled at you does not mean everybody else does that. (laughs) Uh. I tend to agree with Liz. (laughs) Okay, I'm never going to find the one. I think that's really where it just boils down to. Um, I question everybody on everything, so. But not, I mean, and even, 
even if Samara knows she wants to marry him, I, I personally felt like I, I thought she that, would not have taken that as an engagement. Exactly. I agree even I agree even if he had just handed her the ring, I I think she knows him well enough. She is good enough at reading the situation. She's a very talented operative. Besides, a round proposing would probably be a ramble that will take him like oh, a it would. Boy, like you, part of an hour. You could not miss a Ramos to proposing. <laughs> you couldn't miss it. <laughs> no. No, I, I agree there. But can I say how incredibly adorable uh, he was in this episode? Oh, he's always adorable. Definitely, Aram was a high point. I mean, Samar was excellent. It was it was basically a Saram in a, a, a Samar and Aram episode. I would say. I mean, they were the stars. But I gotta say that the absolute best line of the show, absolute best, belongs to Mister Dempe. Oh, are, are we talking about between him and Liz? Yes. Because it's the one I'm thinking of. It was a hard same on yes. my end. <laughs> I loved that so much. It was mildly therapeutic. And I, I think that, that people think that, that he was saying that it was therapeutic for Liz. I think it was therapeutic for him. Oh, I, I totally heard it as therapeutic for him because I missed the line on the first watch. And I was going through my rewatch. I actually had to stop, gif the scene, and post it. Because I've, if anybody follows my Tumblr, I've been looking for um, for a scene where Red gets punched in the face because I'm doing AU gift sets for my current uh, current multi chapter for Blacklist, and there will eventually be a point in which Tom just loses it, hauls off, and decks him in the face, and I wanted to to stitch together a gift for it. <laughs> and I said nobody's decked red in the face yet i was really hoping for liz and tessa pointed out that the carla had and so i'm gonna get my I, hopefully i'm gonna get my gift but regardless i i'm just sitting there and when, when i was talking about creating this i said it would be so i said creating this gift is therapeutic for me and i said this several days ago i said this this is my therapy is allowing tom to punch red in the face that is therapeutic for me. And then you turn around and Demi because it was mildly therapeutic. I'm just going, I love you. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah, that was that was a, an absolute best. Because, um, I mean, Liz was really really good in that in that part. I mean, she she, she was, but I feel like she pulled back way too quickly. I, and it may just be that that may be a personal thing that I just really wanted her to waylay on him. And we basically what we saw in the preview is what we got, um, which I was my, my hopes and my expectations were an entirely different beast there. I, I had high hopes for the scene. My expectations for the scene were not quite as high. Um, I, I really did expect about what we got where she just slams him up and then he talks his way out of it and weasels out of it. And that's what happened is that he worked yeah. his way out of it. And that's just red. And while that works great everywhere else, I was really I that that's been my one disappointment with Liz. And that's it just kind of keeps <laughs> going that she's so smart and she's so clever and i love the fact that she walked up she's like no you don't get to twist me around you don't get to manipulate me and then he did it and it's like i understand that she's walking a very thin line right now because she needs him 
And, and it's her father, and that puts an emotional thing into it. <coughs> but, and I understand that, but I just, I really want to see her twist him around. Like using him to get the the um, evidence out of out of lockup. That was mm-hmm. brilliant. I, I want to continue seeing things like that. I want to see her out trick Red again and again and again. I want her to her full potential of her intelligence, which is high. Well, the, I think that the only thing with Liz now is that she um, she's under a lot of emotional pressure, and yeah. it's very hard to to get that crafty when you're under that kind of emotional it's thing. It's true. And, 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 and she has a temper that. that Red doesn't have. I mean, Red doesn't lose his temper very often. Oh, no. She's got Katarina's. Like, she's got Katarina's yeah. temper. Ginger temper. So, so it's a, it's a, it's definitely a, um, a, 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 I'm okay with it, but I loved to, to the scene. And I think that he, I think it was weird play. I mean, at one point there is something in there that, that to me kind of got a little whiff of the past that this, this is something that, that may come back. I hope so. I, this I mean, temper, this 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 thing, but also in this, you know, not, not in the sexual part because I don't think this episode had anything of that uh, of the child brides. But there was a oh there was a God. little something there of of um, Liz being a child. You know, not 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 the sexual aspect of it, his, but his expression. Put in a no, his no, expression but, when she put him up against the wall like that, just this, oh, I'm so bored of this kind of expression that he got on his face. I, I thought it was something that he had seen before. Yeah. And it was, and it was um, it, that he knew how to react. That that got like, okay, I know how to, get, to react out of this. But it, that's not what I was going with. It was, I, I think that Liz was put in a situation that she had to grow up very fast uh, in, in a way, you know, uh, um, uh, and not as twisted, be, you know, it doesn't have that sexual component as a child bride, but in a way, a child that was put in a situation that sh- her childhood was somewhat taking away from her by the circumstances that happened. And, and, and Sam did the best he could with what he had, uh, you know, with the circumstances that she was left. So there was something in there that said, hmm, there's something here. I don't know what it is, but, but this is certainly there. And I don't, I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's been a continuous thing through the blacklist because Brett said it when Agnes was born that, you know, the, the children that grow up to save the world. And, I mean, we, we saw it with Tom. We saw it with Liz. I mean, the, these kids. Samar, Yes, exactly. These kids that have had these traumatic childhoods that grow up and are fighting this war for the adults and and dying for this war with the adults. And... It's, you know, I mean, it's funny because Liz said that she she wouldn't have been there if not for Red. And it took me a second to realize she was thanking him for protecting her on that. Mm-hmm. And because my brain immediately went to she wouldn't have been here if not for him. Like, she would not be in the situation. Her husband would not be dead. She would be with her child. You know, she all these horrible things that have happened recently 
would not have happened if he just had been honest with her. Well, I think Liz is taking a day at a time, and and I think that that is what what's getting them. And it's that is, I think, is a very common thing for people who survive, mm-hmm. you know, really horrendous thing is that you just take a day at a time. Well, I mean, and so she, that day he saved, he was there, and he got her and Aram out alive. Um, that was because we know what what Garvey does with people who. Oh yeah, Liz might have survived, but he would have put a bullet in Aram's head without a second thought. So I think because Aram stood up to him. Yeah, it's a day by day thing. I agree. I I don't. I'm not taking that as a shot at the writing or at Liz's character or anything. It just for me as a viewer, it's just incredibly frustrating because I I just I see this and it frustrates me because I. And that on the list of things that has made me better, <laughs> Jen's better at being, about being better, um, is that I used to love Red's character, and I just all I am is frustrated with him now. Yeah, like but you, you had a view of Red's character that was very different from the one, for example, that I enter. You enter as Red is going to to learn, Ren is going to to uh, to change, and I thought Red was exactly what Ren needed to be in order to survive, and he's never going to learn, and he, if he moves, he will be an inch. Well, then, if he doesn't end up with a redemption of some form or fashion at the end of it, it's going to be a really weird show, because that's, it goes back to the emotional payoff at the end. People need some sort of payout for if you've got all this angst i mean and i'm an angst writer i mean people that read my stuff know that i put the characters through the ringer on my stories and i had someone leave a review today on my new one that said you know oh my gosh tom died and i was so sad but at least they couldn't hurt him anymore Please don't hurt him. <laughs> and I of said, of course I will. And, I, and that's exactly what I said. I said, you know that I'm gonna hurt the man. I said, that's what I do in my stories. I said, but the thing is, there will be an emotional payoff both throughout the story and certainly a very you know highlighted one at the end. I'm a big fan of a win for the for the people at the end. They may not come out unscathed. In fact, they won't come out unscathed because what's the point in that? But they they do come out. I, I'm very much a your heroes need to come out with a win at the end of some form or fashion. And I know genre. Um, but the thing is, and you talk about genre, but you also don't talk about spy television genre. There is a difference, and I've really been thinking about this. I've been rewatching Chuck, which is a, a spy TV show that was on between I think. 2007 and I don't know 2012 something around there and uh, Zachary Levi really recommend it it's fun it's goofy but it's it's spy show and um, spy shows don't have redemptions but they do but they do they have character growth they have redemption they have they have growth and that's the point Um, you you have Chuck you have that's why I haven't watched them I don't like my characters in spy shows redeemed. Well, then that's fatal. Nothing wrong with them. My my point is, you like spy movies. You like spy books. I like spy TV shows. It's an entirely different genre under itself. You keep trying to attribute books and movies to television shows, and it's a different way of writing. 
it may be a different way of writing, but it's not about being a movie or a TV or anything. It's about the nature of espionage. Ish. It's not. It, no, no, no. You know, I, I, one of the things that, that make it, that make, there is a reason why help will not get me to watch This Is Us, for example. I'm, I'm sure it's a fantastic show. It will bore me to death. Um, you know, I, I spy espionage. It's I a spy is a criminal. It's a criminal. You cannot be a spy if you have growth. Because what is growth? Growth is going towards the light, towards the truth, towards understanding, towards being a better person. A spy, it's a criminal. It's a criminal of the service of his or her country, but it's a criminal. See, I, they I, have to be delightfully evil and 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 devious, and and they have to pull things off that nobody else would, and they have to lie and cajole and and seduce. Awesome. Okay, we are so all over that. This is really just a rant episode. <laughs> That right episode, but that's what happens when you give us a, a good episode that has no cannon to sink our teeth in. I mean, it's it, it was a good episode. The writing yeah. was the writing was not bad. It wasn't a bad writing. It's, the thing is, the short term writing is okay. It's the long term writing they're having issue with right yeah, now. Yeah, it's a weaving of the little details instead of the dumping. Like yes, oh here fifteen of them there exactly. Now let's continue. Here, let me it's have like a, a let me have a bucket of cold here. water, a fax here. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's feast feast or famine situation, which is, you know, not not what made the blacklist what what we really want, but but exactly. it, you know, but exactly. but that's my thing. Is like I I I really don't care about the the characters, you know, red with them. I don't want redemption on Red. I like Red just the way he is. I want him to be a nice caper. And at the end, he pulls everything off, and whatever it is that he's doing gets done. And there he is uh, fishing in a stream with Cooper and with a nice barbecue and the whole thing. That's what I want because I like Red the way he is, and I I want to find Red had a plan and he's doing something and and he doesn't need a redemption because what he is doing he's doing for a very good cause so that's and i i think that that is my understanding of what espionage is that that gets me on the upset you know that I, that i'm not that doesn't get me upset that gets me not to be upset with the lack of 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 uh, growth i want all the other characters to grow but i don't want red to grow I'm yeah. fine with Peter Pan. You, you and I are very different on that. Very, very different on that. And, you know, I have to say, James said Red is not a good person. Maybe he's going to be a villain, but I, right now the only thing I see for him is death at the end of it. Yeah, because you're, you're in, 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 and again, that's not about being TV or it's about espionage and about the people who are good at it. It's people who are not good people. They're excellent people for their countries. They're not. You can't. You can't lie in your job and then go home and be this perfectly open person. It doesn't work like that. People don't have unless you're. Well, maybe they are people who can do that. We 
great character to write. This person who's like super open about everything and then goes to the job and, you know, he's a spy and he lies and or she lies, seduces, um, threatens, blackmail people and then goes back home and he's a perfect dad and, and very open with his wife or, or husband and, uh, it, you know, that would be great. So that, that, uh, my second rant, and and we're getting into into the bones again. Oh, can we talk about Ted Brimley's back? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I I actually it was that was interesting to me because I I love Brimley. Like Brimley was always I was very fond of him, and I I kept you know I was so proud of him for more or less getting Dembe's name right this time, <laughs> but I had issues with it because. John went into the, these details of, oh, well, we wanted to strip Red of everything that he had, you know, start him over from the beginning, and they did. But then suddenly he's got one of his old people back after everybody yeah, else. He's rich. <sighs> I, he's rich just, and powerful again. I just, had, loyalty above all else, what? <laughs> well, but he understood, hey, I'm not going to survive in prison now. If you can protect me with from prison, then we're good. But if you can't protect me from prison, not good. Yeah, well, Red couldn't even protect his own son-in-law, so let's see how you fare there, Brimley. Um. <laughs> but, yeah, but Red didn't need to use Tom. That's yeah. your that's your difference. Um, Believe me, I know. Um. So then, I mean, now we got a very, very brim, uh, two glimpses of 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 garby one of them was very interesting because we got a, basically a mirror image of red they're both sitting there in this chair they both have their glass of scotch and they're drinking well, he wasn't actually uh, garvey wasn't actually drinking he just had a full bar behind him oh but that that i did notice the the drinking i mean it was very obvious that you know that was a thing uh, mm-hmm. but i think we have seen him drinking because i think when he got up from the uh what we what I assumed was a prostitute's bed. Um, you know the the yeah very he has his, his wallet blonde. right there. Yeah, yeah, the very pretty blonde that he was sleeping mm-hmm. with. Um, that I think he poured himself a drink there. So I mean, it, there are definitely parallels being drawn between the two men. And you had the suspenders, uh, which is very mm-hmm. Rat Pack, uh, which mm-hmm. you know Red has the fedora, and so you've got the suspenders. It's very sixties, very Rat Packish, mm-hmm. you know, style. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it was definitely some a level of of uh, of, of parallel there that was very interesting, and the other one gets me to my second rant. It's a bag of bones. They're not expensive props to make, uh, and I'm sure that NBC and Sony got quite a few sets of bones. Take one and keep it. For so the they, season. So they just keep passing them around. They've got so many, they can't keep up, obviously. Yeah, I mean, just three three different times those bones have been out to be seen, and three different times they're actually been different. Completely different. One of them, they were thoroughly cleaned, and the other ones, they were all kind of brownish. And this one, they got a lot more tissue than the previous one. Um, okay. I can take a lot of stuff because it happens, you know, sometimes, hey, you know, it's, it's Requiem, they film all these scenes, nobody was there, they grab Liz by the wrist when she's being burned in the wrist. 
okay, it was a mess up. They own up to it. Um, it happens. Hudson died. Yeah, Hudson died. They got another dog. I mean, ooh, they couldn't okay. even find a dog that looked similar, same size at least. I mean, color yeah. the same, but they couldn't get the size. Like people are not going to notice the size of the dog. Is a dog? A dog the is a dog. Shifting dog. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's a spy, but whatever. Spy but, dog. But the bones. It's a very simple thing. I understand living things, living persons, a dog. They're going to be snafus. They're they do happen. I get it. But the bones are the main focus of one season. They are probably going to be gone by next season. Uh, Can we please keep one set and keep using it? I mean, just one set instead of three, because you're basically slapping me in the face. I've had devoted 4,000 posts in which I have analyzed and each post is a thousand words, more or less. In in and and I've analyzed the themes, props, a picture that is behind it, dead red in in Scottish office as a woman with a girl blowing bubbles in it. I have analyzed the fire scenes, scene by scene. Frame by frame, I have found the flashes of light in by watching it. God knows how many times and pausing until I finally get the right one. And now you cannot even give me a prop that stays the same. She's That's so offensive. angry. She's so angry, folks. You have no idea. You can't see her face, but I can. And the it really boils down to the fact that when you, especially for you being the theorist, I mean, I, I'm just the character analysis. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I look for little details. I'm the parallel nerd that looks for details. But when they start screwing up on stuff like that, it's, you know, things happen. Well, prop, prop teams mess up they're they're trying to do movie level in 10 days time i get that Th- just as you said things happen but when you start screwing up some on things you th- can't understand something when you start screwing up on things like the bones that are so easy to get right and so horrible when you get wrong suddenly every little detail on a show like this that's supposed to have so much mystery behind it every little detail that's been analyzed becomes a moot point because you don't know if it's a real detail or if it's a snafu and you can't tell anymore. And when you get to that point, it blows everything out of the water and you don't know what to trust. You don't trust your team anymore. And that's the point that I've been at for the last half of the season with the writing style of it is there have been so many little hiccups in the writing that have turned into big hiccups that have turned into screwing up the freaking writing that I'm going, I can't trust you people anymore to give me the end all. Yeah, I'm mad too. <laughs> yeah, she's mad. But, but I mean, it's like, th- th- these are details. I mean, it doesn't take much to weave a little character, a little detail here and there in a story and, and create and, and continue having that little drop of little details that add up and, and that bring. And usually a canon fact is about the past. It just it's takes not about knowing, the present. It just takes knowing where you're going. I don't, I have no no doubt in my mind that they know where they're going. That's not my problem. I know that they know where they're going. I know that you don't, but the, I the, I have the, no doubt. I, I think that they probably have a big scale 
I think that I misinterpreted it as actually having a fulfilling ending, which I don't think it will now. I'm not, I have no hopes for fulfilling ending at the end of this show anymore. Um, no reason to put myself through that, that horrible chaos again. But, but, um, but <laughs> regar- regardless, I don't think that, I mean, and it ju- you just said it. They can't get the details right to weave it in. And so they don't know where the little things are going. They've run out of story and they're stretching. I know, but, but, but that's, that's from your writing perspective. And I, and I get it. My, my, so my, my thing is that you're seeing that on your end. I do, I do believe that they know where they're going. I just think that they, the story wants to end. Yes, the I agree. The story really needed to end halfway through next season. That's my estimate of when they needed to do. I think they, I, I personally think the last season or so, maybe season and a half, if I had been on the writing team, which I wasn't, I think they should have taken the time. They, they, they should have taken, the, they put a lot of time and a lot of effort into redemption. It didn't pan out. They need to do one of two things. Either they shouldn't have done redemption or they should have weaved it back in. They yeah, because all, if you, if you really think it about it, with all this filler, they, they could have, have done one episode to, to at least get us to the redemption. The people who were part of the blacklist bring it back. And, and just to give it the five minutes that they gave to, oh, yeah, sometime in here, you know, when Tom yeah. was also researching the bones and doing this and doing that and doing everything else, yeah. it was also you know, in the middle of researching Howard. And then he found all of this. And then yeah, he, but, he but, went and, to his trial. I have a lot of issues with how they, quote unquote, okay, wrapped up redemption. But, but listen, when we were discussing that in the episode, in the redemption episode of there, uh, what, not in the redemption, in the in the blacklist wrap up yeah. of redemption. Yeah. And you were very angry about it. And I told them, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I totally got it then. Because... Back then, we were proceeding at a good clip, and I was sure that when we get to 5-4-A, we were going to get some reveals, and then we got them. Are you on my team now? Have you joined me? Then they stopped, and then it was like, are you kidding me? Domis is, is Oleander is it, or, you know, two or three little things more. Uh, Ray graduated, but that was before 5-4-8, but after 5-4-8, we have had Nothing. We have had episodes in which literally there is zero canon facts. There are parallels galore, but zero canon facts. So back then, I wasn't understanding, and I and I did not agree with you in in the sense that I no, thought that's a perfectly okay way for me to terminate that because I thought, okay, well, if this is the pace at which they're going, that wrap up matches that pace, and then the pace became glacial. And here we are with episodes after episode after episode in which we have zero canon facts. The story is not advancing and it's all this persecution of Garvey that, yes, I like the car. I would like to see a bit more Garvey because he's a really good character. But there is no Garvey. The, the blacklisters may be okay or excellent or the writing might be more or less good or more. But we're not getting anything. So why didn't we go into a little more of that? And I, and I think I know why, because the casual fans 
prefer this not the, so much serialized aspect. They want the procedural because they can follow procedurals. It doesn't well, require you to think. Well, the thing is, the thing that made this show great, that really made this show great, was the mythology. Yes. There are so many procedural shows out there. Too many. Too many procedural shows. Take your freaking pick. Why do people watch The Blacklist? For the mythology. That is why. For the characterizations, for the and mythology, for the everything that came with it. And the attention to detail. The fact that you could start, you know, in season two, you could start noticing, I'm seeing a lot of water. And then I could go and look back and realize, oh my God, look at this. Red is always by, by water. Red is by a, by a fountain. Red is by a tree. There is even pictures of water. So there is something going on here. Maybe. And that used to be a level of attention to the details in there, to the, even the, the pictures and the props that you have in there to make sure that there was there was things that that caught your mind and elevated past your run of the mill piece of balderash that passes for TV these days. <laughs> Not anymore. It joined the ranks. It it is it is. I, I don't think it joined them yet, but boy, is it sliding fast. Oh no, it joined them. It, it's. Uh, I mean, the the bones for me was like I know I get it. They're 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 snafus, but this is the third snafu with the bones. This is the third time that we have seen the bones, and they all look different. <laughs> Every time we see the bones, Tessa, there's a different prop. I I hate to say this to you because I I feel for you. I do. I. Very much feel for you, but this is where I have been for the last half of the season. For 5B, this where you're angry right now, that's where I've been. That's why I've been so bitter. That's why I've been going. It's not just about Tom. Tom was yeah. just the icing on the cake. He was the straw that broke the camel's back. It's, it's what killing Tom meant for the show. They People ask me time and time and time and time again, is there a situation in which they would kill Tom that you'd be okay with it? I said, you know, maybe. I said, if it was done right. I said, but I can't think of a way they could do it right. Because in the end, Liz had her dream. And I think the heroine, if you're if you're there for the, the heroine, she needs to have her dream. And her father needs to not destroy her dream. Especially if the father well, is the, the co-hero. And yeah, so, well, I... I, I have been in this frustrated state, and I have been, I, I've been seeing different things, and now you're just seeing them on your end for the the theorizing side of it. I've been seeing it on the writing end, you're yeah, now and, seeing and, it on and, the theorizing and, side, and I'm sorry for. But you, the funny but. thing is, the 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 funny thing is that while while I see that I am angry, and and I've seen this across boards, I'm in several different boards, and. Across media, there everybody seems to not like it. Meanwhile, the casual fans are loving it because they think Tom Keane's coming back. I mean, maybe, maybe that's what it is. But they, they, I think that that. Um, Wait until the end. We're about know. to have a it, white collar um, ending. The show White Collar that everyone went. What the just happened here at the end of it after a fantastic show? Yeah, that's that's the blacklist apparently. Anyway, well, um, I, I have know, hopes we, that they can mend the situation in, you I know, know, and I understand I've had many friends who are prop masters and but I mean, please get a one set of bones. Let's not do this into into a Hudson. 
you know, which like every time we see the dog is a different dog. And now every time we see the bones is a different bones. Um, I mean, this and not being science fiction, let's just try not keep it in the science fiction of it. So that's my rant. And I, it was going to be a ranty show, but it's, we, it's turned I, into a very ranty show. Yeah. Um, I have one more thing to add, um, in, in my list, uh, the, the the one that just was the kick to the gut for me, it's, it's been a continuing kick to the gut of Red going, oh, well, you, you know, you won't be away from Agnes any longer than you have to be, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I'm, you know, acting like he's helping her in some form or fashion that I betrayed no one, least of all you. It just made me so sick to hear him say well, that. Well, he, he just meant, you know, the, by taking the witness. Okay. You know that that's red he's, speak at he, the best. Uh, oh, it is, it is, and I like goes back to it's not the writing, it's red. Um, that, that should be my new thing. It's not the writing, it's red. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's the fact that he ju- just hasn't figured it out. Like, and, and I don't won't. think he cares. I don't think he cares that he's keeping, because he stayed away from Liz for years, so what does he care if Agnes is, you know, 30 years old by the time Liz gets back to her? And just because the only thing he seems to care about is himself. Yeah, well, the, there is a certain, um, there is a selfishness, and I'm not sure that it doesn't serve a higher purpose. I, 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 I guess See, that, I, that's I'm your sure thing. Know. I, I want him to be redeemed. You are convinced he's serving a higher purpose. Though that's where we're different here. Is I, I feel like he started serving a higher purpose, and then lost. So you're his with path. Kate. And then lost. So his basically, head. you're with Kate. You you think the same yeah. thing Kate does? Yeah, that's probably why yeah. I was so conflicted over her death. Is that I? Oh, I, understand I was Kate. not conflicted. I thought that she was the perfect villain. Oh. In fact, I always well, I, I was w- always convinced that that she had started planning this a long time ago. I never, never would have written it in personally. If for oh, I loved it. I th- there were so many situations in there, including oh. the fact that they tried to go on the oh well we were well aware that may, all the I, may I go may I do a little her. prediction here just to see if I get it right is that at the end we're going to see that the only reason where what this happened with Kate is because Red had a choice at one point or Katarina had a choice at one point to uh, to kill her to uh, take out the loose ends and they did not I'm telling you watch watch Dark Gently's Holistic Detective Agency it's it's a trip and a half but that statement you just made you would like the show <laughs> probably <laughs> i can't only do one of this and let me tell you something Once i am is never done, it's only two seasons, in a so. fandom no, no. will break i mean once no. once i'm once the blacklist is done tessa is is dead that identity goes like katarina rostova will walk in the ocean and never be seen again no no come over to jerk gently people are actually nice and sweet and accepting over there and they let people do what they do they don't like flip out over you over every little thing no no more fandoms from me ever as i said tessa will do like katrina rostova walk into the ocean (laughs) not literally folks (laughs) tessa's not committing no 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 just not me (laughs) tessa the the persona there all right well i think that's about it guys Uh, we we have this has been a very this is not a podcast. It's been a rant cast. <laughs> I think we're going to rename it the rant cast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
All right. We've had a lot of technical issues today. This is like the fourth time we've started our new recording because of technical issues. But before it keels over again, you can catch us on YouTube, on SoundCloud, and iTunes. And we are on Facebook, iTunes, er, <laughs> Facebook, uh, Tumblr, and Twitter. And we will be back next week, hopefully less stressed, but we'll see. We'll see if we get more ranty or less ranty. <laughs> It'll be one or the other. There is no in-between. Um, all right, guys. All right, folks. Day. That's it for today. Bye-bye.